Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Ethan, and it's my pleasure to join you in reading from the Advent Devotional Guide. Today's passage is Isaiah 49, verses 1 through 7, and I'm reading in the English Standard Version. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers, Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. In the book of Isaiah, the servant of the Lord is a key figure. Although the people of Israel are still suffering in exile, God speaks a word of comfort to them by announcing the coming of his servant, who will bring salvation to Israel and to the world. The people of Israel can look forward to the arrival of this servant and be comforted that the Lord is sending someone who is both strong and compassionate to save them. The servant of the Lord is a primary figure throughout the whole book of Isaiah, And he's really worth further study. Although the title is used throughout the book to reference Israel as a people, in specific sections, Isaiah begins to identify a particular servant of the Lord who is unique. Like in Isaiah 42, today's passage, Isaiah 49, is a servant song, where the servant of the Lord is an individual within Israel who is distinct from the larger nation. This servant is a messianic figure who represents and embodies Israel in the way a king does, and will expand on his rule to the whole world. It is through this servant that the nation of Israel will be saved and gather Israel itself back to God. However, It is too small a task for this servant to only save Israel. Instead, he's going to offer salvation to the whole world. 
This is good news for Israel, and it's good news for us. This servant will fulfill Israel's purpose to be a light to the nations and to teach them to have relationship with God. But how will this servant bring about salvation? How can a servant defeat the armies that have overpowered and exiled Israel in the past? God has made his servant into both a sword and an arrow. He has equipped him to defeat enemies both near, like a sword, and far away, like the arrow. His weapon is the truth which he proclaims from his mouth. Surprisingly, the servant will bring salvation and victory through his own suffering. We can find great comfort in the coming of Jesus and in the faithfulness of God. Like Israel wanted for the servants of the Lord to appear, we anticipate the celebration of Jesus' birth during the Advent season. We long for a Savior who will defeat our enemies, our sin, and our death, which have all taken away our freedom and our joy. This passage also reminds us of God's great faithfulness to his people. He is steadfast in his compassion towards us. He has not forgotten us. He is constant and upholds all his good promises to us. As we read this passage today, I couldn't help but think of an old hymn that many of us know. It says this, Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see, all I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Of course, that's from Great is Thy Faithfulness. And it's a hymn that celebrates how God cares for his people, that he promises to be with us, and then he acts on it. Let's celebrate that and long for that this Advent season. Let's close in prayer. God, thank you for your kindness and your goodness. Thank you for your love and your compassion. Would you, this Advent season, create in us longing and thankful hearts? We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, Ethan, for reading the devotionals for us this week and for teaching us what Isaiah is saying to us through his prophecy. I want to get to know you a little bit better um, with the Christmas season here. Well, Advent season and Christmas coming up. I want to know what is one of your favorite traditions as it relates to Christmas? Well, uh, my favorite meal is breakfast. And on Christmas morning, we always make a breakfast casserole. It's not necessarily always the same recipe, but I think back on growing up and the time that I spent with my family on Christmas Day morning, and I can't help but think of a breakfast casserole. (laughs) It's a tradition that I love uh, and that I want to carry forward. Okay, so my next question was going to be about your favorite Christmas foods. 
obviously one is a breakfast casserole, but what are some of the others? Uh, I also love hot apple cider. I love any hot drink, um, but I remember mom making hot apple cider whenever we put up the Christmas tree, maybe as a way to entice me to help her hang all the (laughs) ornaments. Um, But it's something fun. It makes the whole house smell good. Um, And it was something fun that we could make and enjoy together. Speaking of Christmas trees, are you a kind of a fake Christmas tree kind of guy or a real Christmas tree? We've done a fake tree for the longest time uh, just because it's easy um, and yeah. Yeah, it's okay. All right. You have been on staff at Mount Brook Baptist now for almost a year. So I want the people, you, you were on the podcast back a couple of months ago, but I, I want them to know a little bit more about your family. So give us a little update and then ways that we might can pray for you. So I am an only child, so I have lots of memories of spending Christmas with my family. Uh, and I would there would often be grandparents around for Christmas, so that was always fun. So even though I'm an only child, we always had a full house at Christmas, which I thought was really nice. Caroline and I have loved celebrating Christmas and making our own traditions. So uh, since we're in an apartment, we don't have a full-size tree yet, but... There will be one day be a full-size tree in our house, uh, and for now we celebrate with a little three-foot tree. Uh, we decorate it. We'll put up some lights and put out some decorations. Uh, something that she and I both love is to drive around and look at Christmas lights. That's something that she grew up doing and that I enjoy. Um, and so we are really looking forward to another season of Christmas together. It'll be our second Christmas as a married couple. What are some ways that we can pray for you and Caroline? I think just continued prayer as we settle into Birmingham. Uh, We're beginning to look for houses and to be here long term, Uh, so which is really exciting. So you can just pray and celebrate that with us, but also uh, pray for us as uh, we begin all the things that come along with uh, maybe moving. Okay, what about your ministry? How are how can we as a congregation? come alongside you in prayer as it relates to being the minister to preteens and junior high school students? Yeah, I really love my ministry area. I get to partner both with Sharon and with Joel, so it's really fun to be kind of a foot in both worlds. But something you should know about my ministry area is all of the kids in my ministry area are going through a massive amount of transition. Um, If you think about fifth graders all the way up to ninth graders, Many kids in that age are getting a phone for the first time and navigating that. Many of them are uh, starting to be trusted by parents to maybe go to the movies with friends alone for the first time or uh, to to do something else that's uh, unique and kind of on their own. So they're starting to grow up and have more responsibility, which is both really exciting and something I get to celebrate with them, but also something that's just really challenging. Um, Having your first phone and navigating um, that is really hard and difficult. Eventually having social media, whether that's younger or whether it's not till they're older, uh, it brings on a lot of challenges for the kids in this age group. And it's things that I see daily. And uh, so I just have a heart for all the kids, both the preteens and the junior high, as they start to navigate um, that scene when they start to think about What are the people around me thinking of me? Uh, How do I fit in? Who am I? Uh, Where is my group? Um, 
Who cares about me? They're starting to ask a lot of these questions to themselves. And I hope that Mountain Brook Baptist can be a place they know that they're loved, that they're accepted, that they feel like they belong here. Um, And so as you pray for my ministry area, I pray that this church, that us as a people, would be a place uh, where these kids, even in the midst of all their transition, that they belong. Ethan, what are some ways that we can come alongside you in your ministry area to help out? Thanks for asking. I think the best way to help out preteens and junior high students is to just be intentional. Um, Get to know them when you see them on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but also go out of your way. I mean, go to a junior high football game or a sporting event, or if you're already there to see a family member, say hi to any kids you might know from church. Uh, Be intentional with them. Build a relationship. It's so important that Uh, These kids, especially the ones who are in this transitional age group, know people at church that are older than them, wiser than them, um, and care about them. Uh, And it's good for them to have family members like that, but it's even better when we are a church family and we're intentional uh, with our younger generation. So that's the biggest way I'd encourage you to help. What a good word to all of us. Thank you, Ethan, for joining the podcast, for reading the devotionals, for teaching us about Isaiah. Would you pray with me? Yeah. Father, we do thank you for Ethan and his ministry here at Mount Brook Baptist. We thank you for the ways that you have gifted him and given him a sense of calling. We pray, Lord, for he and for Caroline as they think about putting down more roots, and we ask for your blessings and all of that. We do pray for the preteens and the junior high school students in these transition years. We pray that ultimately their eyes would be on you and that they would seek to live in a way that honors you and help us, Lord, to come alongside them to be conduits of your love and grace and intentionality with them. Lord, we pray that as a church, you would continue to grow us in steadfastness Mm. and in the ability to be like family to one another. We love you, and we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.